Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and typically we sit down together every week and we talk through truths and scripture together. But this episode is a little bit different. She actually has come down with a sinus infection and she has zero voice. And if you have been around these conversations long enough, you know how much my mom hates to not be able to talk. So it is killing her to not have a conversation with us today. So instead, we are going to let you guys listen into a talk that she gave back in January at the Breathe Retreat. The Breathe Retreat is a retreat in every sense of the word, and it's something that happens every January that is put on by the ministry that my mom founded, which is called Cup of Joy Ministries. And we will put some more information on that in the description of this episode if you would like to know more about that. But this talk that she gave... If I'm honest, I needed to listen back to this episode. It just, it really spoke to my heart and it just was a great reminder that just because you don't see God working, it doesn't mean that he's not. And just because it may feel like God doesn't care about what is going on in our life in the midst of suffering or pain or unknown circumstances, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care because he does care. So she goes into the book of Exodus and talks about Moses and there's just so much great content this episode. So I'm actually really excited to get to share this with you guys. And if you listen to this episode and you would like to download more of the sessions from the Breathe Retreat 2022, I will also make sure that there's a link for that in the description of this episode as well. And last thing that I do want to say is at the end of this talk, she mentions lament and she kind of talks about that. And I just personally wanted to recommend a book that my mom and I both love on lament. And again, we'll put that in the description of this episode and it's called called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And there's a book and a journal that goes along with it. And it is so good. And it has personally helped me through lament and being honest with God. And so all that to say, we are really glad that you are here. So grab your pencil, journal, Bible, and even a cup of coffee and listen in. I am Dot Bowen and um, I am the founder, I guess that's what they call me, um, around here for Cup of Joy. And um, I just want to tell you right off um, that I am not a professional speaker. I am just a woman that loves Jesus. And uh, he has done so much in my life. And uh, I cannot not tell it. And I never wanted to start a ministry, never thought about it. All I wanted to do is to get married and have babies. and I did, and some of them are running around here, some around here, and you'll see my grandkids, and Kayla made me a great Mimi. Um, this, uh, she was pregnant last year here, and uh, the cutest, greatest grandson ever. I, I, I know you might have some grandchildren, but I'm just telling you, I hate it for you, but mine are cute. Um, but anyway, um, I, I did. I never really wanted, I never thought about starting any ministry. I never thought about doing anything like this. And I, I can honestly say, and I'm not trying to be humble. I'm just telling you the truth here. I did not know what I was doing, and I still don't. And I'm so happy about that because i tell you why. And I was telling, I've got uh, some granddaughters that are uh, wanting to get into ministry and feel us called, that God has called them to that. And I said to to um, Ashley Jordan is one, and um, of course Kayla's been working with me, but I said to Ashley Jordan, you know, I'm so glad that I didn't do this, young. It's not that it's bad, but you know, when um, 
it, 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 sometimes when you're just growing, it, you're in it all the time, you're all the time, sometimes it becomes a business or it, it, all of a sudden you've just lost your love for the Lord and it becomes more of... Um, more of a business, I hate to say it. And so with me and what happened is I just uh, didn't know, I didn't grow up in a family that uh, talked about the Lord. I didn't know we had a Bible until my dad passed away and they gave me his Bible and it was about this big. And I'm like, well, where did I miss that? I mean, that, where was that? <laughs> you know, and um, so we didn't sit around and talk about the Lord. We didn't pray. I didn't know anything about scripture. And so I just really had a really hard time, uh, as you know, when you're trying to search and know who you are and know there's this longing in your heart and you don't know why and you don't know why there's an emptiness. And, and God began to work in my life and he began to show me that there was uh, my identity and who I am is because I am his child, period. It isn't what I do. It isn't what I look like. It isn't who I know. It isn't what I have. I am a child of God. And he stripped me of everything that I thought was important to show me that the reason that I couldn't find fulfillment and contentment, you know, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. I was looking for identity. I was looking for that. Um, Kara that you saw um, running around here, my daughter, we do a podcast, write this down, a podcast. And um, we were doing a thing on identity. And what you don't know about this podcast is, and this is totally so off my notes, and they're just up there going, what is she talking about? Anyway, so we're doing this podcast, and she doesn't know what we're going to talk about when we're doing it. So when you hear the podcast, and you go, and you hear her go, oh, or, and I don't know what questions she's going to ask me, and I, sometimes I'm looking at her like, did you just ask me this? I don't know why Jesus didn't marry you. Know, I don't, you know. But anyway, so um, but she'll tell me, ask me these questions and stuff. And so we're sitting and we're talking about our identity in Christ. And I said that who you are in Christ is because you're a child of God. And she literally is looking at me and she goes, that's it? Yes. That's where you get your self-worth is that you are a child of God. And so I'll never forget the look on her face. She was like, that's all it is. Ladies, when we got off the podcast, she's still saying, Mom, really? Now, is it something, you know, like I am, like I'm loved. And I'm like, Kara, that's how you feel. Or like, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm creative. Kara, that's what you do. But when you begin to realize you strip all of those away and you don't know who you are, who are you? Why were you created? Why are you here? Why are you at this place? Why are you living in the, pla- in the journey where you are in your life, your story? If you don't know that it's because that you are a child of God, no matter anything else outside of you, if it's not, if it's not of God, it can be taken away. And you are lost. You are longing for something. You're looking for something to satisfy you. You're looking for something to uh, give you self-worth. And God began to show me that I was somebody. I felt stupid all my life. And God began to show me that I was somebody because he loved me, he created me, and he died for me, period. That made me somebody. And because of that, I stand here tonight 
We're going to talk about Moses. We're get, and go ahead and turn into your, into your Bible uh, Exodus because we're going to. I've been in the wilderness for forty years. Well, it's actually been about six or eight months, but, but, um, and I can identify with Moses. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much a basket case, and, um, but, um, I just want to. Um, tell you that we're going to be, I want you to turn your Bibles to uh, Exodus 2, verse 24 through 25, and then Exodus 3 we're going to get into. But before, I'm going to kind of do a little uh, recap of where, uh, how Moses got to Egypt, actually. But I want to tell you something. As I told you, I'm not this professional speaker. I'm just a woman that loves God. And I told my t- um, daughter, Kara, that helps me with all the content and stuff, that I was going to do my notes on this iPad. So we're going to go ahead and talk about this elephant in the room. I have never used notes, to tell you the truth, nor have I tried to use this iPad. So I'm just going to tell you that if you see me throw this iPad somewhere, I just got free. Because, uh, I, but I'm going to try very hard because there's so much I want to share with you and, put, and to uh, tell you some things that I know that God has put on my heart. And I am really, really believing that he's told me this so that I can tell you because um, he is going to be the one I am praying is speaking to you. So I'm hoping in prayer is my prayer that I get out of the way. I tell you what God's taught me and then I'm going to encourage you to get along with God and ask him if what I'm telling you is true. And then let him do something wonderful in your life. Well, turn to Exodus, but and I'm giving you a little uh, uh, I'm going to give you a little background here. So God told Abraham, he said, "Abraham, I want you to leave everything that you know, and I want you to go to a place and I'll tell you." Abraham said, "Okay, he, here he goes. Can you imagine telling Sarah we're going. Where are we going? I don't know. So anyway, pack up. Let's go. It wasn't easy. But anyway, so Abraham left. And God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm going to make you into a nation. Okay, that's great. I don't have any children. He goes, I got it. Trust me. So then um, Isaac comes along. Now Isaac is now an offspring. And Abraham had to tell Isaac, Isaac, God has said to me, he's going to make me a great nation. And now God's going to bless me. Isaac had a problem getting pregnant. They had a problem having babies too. But then uh, Rachel got pregnant. She had Jacob. And so Jacob had um, 12 sons. So here we have Abraham. Now we have 12 sons. That's, uh, That's the patriots. One of the 12 sons is Joseph. Now, you know Joseph. He was a dreamer. And he went around telling everybody he, was, he could, you know, that his brothers. Now, can you imagine telling your brother or sister, one of these days you're going to bow down for, to me? And, you know, like, that didn't go so well. So they sold him, and he got into Egypt. Do you know the story? So here he is now in Egypt, and God is with him. He'd been sold, and now he's in Egypt. Jacob and all of the other brothers are still um, not in Egypt yet, but they're coming because God had a plan. And now, all of a sudden, there's no food. The chain supply was gone. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, and so God was, uh, Jacob said to the brothers, what are you doing? We're just going to starve here because Egypt has all this food. Now, Joseph has been taken up and he's been put in a position that he's taking care of all of Egypt. Now, Jacob doesn't know that Joseph is alive. 
Because he's been told that that beautiful coat that Joseph had on, that they brought it back and they said, something's happened to Joseph. Now they knew that they'd sold him, but they didn't know that God had a plan. And God was going to get the Israelites from Abraham, that was a man, to a 12 tribe, to a nation, to Egypt. And God had a plan, but nobody knew it. They knew something because God would tell them certain parts. But then, like Joseph had this dream, you know, and like you're going to be bound down to me. And they're like, that's so crazy. And so they sell him. And then now he gets into, into Egypt and then God is with him. And then all of a sudden, uh, he's getting more and more up into the ranks. And now he's over all the uh, Egypt. And so now the brothers are saying, we're going to starve. Jacob says, you better go. And so they go to Egypt, and there's Joseph. You know the story? And then all of a sudden, everything's going well, and then the brothers come, and then Jacob comes, and then they die, and Jacob dies, and he blesses all the, um, the brothers, and everything's going great. Everything's going great except for one thing, and that is the king that favored Joseph, that had put Joseph in this position, dies. And then now here is all of these Israelites, and they're multiplying. And so the next king comes up, and he's scared to death. He sees all of these Israelites. Now, remember, we have an Abraham. Then we have the 12 sons, the tribes. Now we have a nation. God had a plan. And so God is working underneath all of these circumstances, and all of a sudden, there's this new king. He thinks he's in control, but he's not because God is. And so now he sees all of these Israelites, and they're multiplying, and he says, we've got to make a plan. We've got to, we've got to keep them from growing. We've got to really put some pressure on them. We've got to keep underneath our control. And so they, he goes to uh, the midwives, and he said, now when these Hebrew girls, when these women start having babies, I want you to kill the, the son, the boys. And they're like, they feared God. And they said, we can't do that. And so they're like, these Hebrew women, they're, like, they're having these babies. They're just, I mean, they start having them before we get there. And so Moses is born at that time. Now, it's very important that you know, because what we want to see this weekend, God has a plan. Like what uh, Abraham did not know, what Jacob did not know, what Joseph did not know, what Moses did not know is that God had a plan, and he is faithful to his plan, and that's what you need to know, and that's what I need to know. And so here is little Moses. Now, his mother, I mean, bless her, she puts him in this basket, and she puts him on the Nile River, and she's sitting there, and all of a sudden, you know the story. He's a little basket uh, case, and he gets, um, you know, Pharaoh's daughter comes, and Moses' sister says, hey, you want me to get somebody to help nurse this baby, you know? And only God can let you put your baby in a basket, put it on the Nile River, and get paid and breastfeed them. It's the craziest thing. Only God can do that. And so now Moses is um, growing up into the palace of the king. The very king, a new king, but running from the king that was going to kill him. Only God. God had a plan. And God is faithful to his plan. 
And here is Moses, and all of a sudden, Moses, you know, he must have talked to his mother. He's like, now you did what? And, you know, and he knew about his heritage. He knew that he was Jewish because he goes in and he sees this Egyptian hurting and killing an uh, uh, Israelite, one of his kind. And um, Moses kills him. And he sees two of the Egypt, uh, Israelites uh, fighting. And he said, what are y'all doing? He said, oh, who, who, who uh, made you judge over us? Well, God did, but they didn't know that either. And so he says, oh, somebody knows. Now, and so he runs away. Now, here is where we pick up the story. Moses has run away, and he's gone into the wilderness, and he's been there 40 years. And here's Moses, and he is um, feeding and taking care of the sheep. Now, remember, Moses lived with the uh, Pharaoh, with the Egyptians. The Egyptians hated shepherds. You talk about being humiliated. Now Moses, who had been living in a palace, has had to go to the wilderness. But what Moses did not know, because God did, because God has a plan. Remember that? And the plan is this. I'm going to use you, Moses, to lead my people out of Egypt. How is Moses going to lead the people out of the wilderness until he, unless he had learned the ways of the wilderness? God was preparing Moses for what God had prepared for Moses and for his people. I want you to turn to uh, Exodus 2, verse 23. It says this, During those many days the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery, and they cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groanings, and God remembered his covenant. Remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw, and underlining that in your Bible, God heard, God remembered, and God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Now Moses, chapter 3, was keeping the flock of his father-in-law. It wasn't even Moses' sheep. Bless his heart, he's a shepherd now, and he's not even, he's not even his own sheep. Moses was keeping the flock of the father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw, underline that, that he turned aside to see, God called, underline that, to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen, underline it, the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard, underline it, their cry because of their taskmasters. I know, underline it, their sufferings, and I have come down, 
underline it, to deliver them out of the hand of Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land and land of flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Parasites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel have come to me, and I have seen the affliction, the oppression which the Egyptians have put on them. God begins to see that Moses sees this burning bush, and all of a sudden, he notices that here's this bush, and all of a sudden, he sees it's, not, it's something weird. It's, burn, it's not burning up. And he hears out of this bush, Moses, Moses. Now, I want to tell you, when you hear God call your name twice, your life's about to change. Because I tell you this, Saul, Saul, and his life changed. Martha, Martha, why you worry about so many things? Her life changed. When God began to, to speak to Moses, he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, what is happening? And he sees that this bush is burning, but yet has not burned up. And God begins to call out. And he said, Moses, I have come. I am here. I am going to use you. And Moses is like, what are you talking about? I am a murderer. I'm nobody. And as we, we get into this scripture and we begin to, to see, Moses begins to have a conversation. But here's what I want you to know. To look at this. God saw that his people, he had heard the cries of his people. He had knew that they were hurting. And he called out. He said, I've got a plan. Now, Moses, you're in it. And Moses is like, no way. I can't do that. I cannot speak. And he goes into all of the reasons why he can't do it. And I think God was like, Moses, shut up. Now, that's not really my translation, but, but, but I mean, it's, not, it's my translation. But why I think Moses, God was saying, Moses, look, it's not about you. It's about me. And I've got a plan. And I know that my people have been crying out to me. I know that they're suffering, and I am here to help. I am here to deliver them. As much as Exodus is about Moses, Moses is one of the, the Jewish people still to this day. They reverence Moses. They see Moses as their redeemer. We see Jesus as ours. The Israelites look back to the Red Sea. We'll talk about that tomorrow. And we look to the cross. And God said, I see that my people are hurting. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm hurting and I am praying and I am crying and I am before God, I wonder, God, do you see? God, do you care? God, do you know? God, do you know what's going on in my life? Do you know what? Do you know what's going on in the world? Have y'all said that lately? Have you about three years? You know that curve? Well, it's curving. It's done something. So for three years, I have been on my knees, and we should. 
We should be on our knees saying, God, please step in. But you know what? Here's something. God has a plan. We don't know what it is. We're not God. But we know God. I know God. And what tonight I want us to see is that the ground was holy, not because it was the ground. It wasn't holy because Moses was there. It was holy because God was there. And Moses could hear God call him because when God saw Moses look and see something, and and at first, it was just for the burning bush. At first, it was a miracle, but God wanted Moses' attention, and God got his attention. When God saw Moses turn to the bush, he calls him out by name, Moses, Moses. Now, there's something. we got to stop here a minute. I want to think about this. If you're waiting to hear from God, and you're wanting God to speak to you, I'm not wanting God to speak to me, and I get that, because I was always scared what he'd say. I thought I was going to have to go to Africa without makeup. I thought, you know, like, you know, I'm going to have to sell everything. I was going to have to get rid of my makeup. I was going to, you know, it, I was so great. You know why? Because I had the wrong concept of God. And Moses looked because Moses realized that there was something unique. There was something happening in his life. It was one of those aha moments. You know those God moments you can't explain? Like maybe been here? Didn't know you were coming? I just met someone that Googled it. And, and, and now here she is. Do you think that our marketing, I, I don't know anything about marketing. Fresh market, go grocery store. Um, but here, here's what I think. God has called you here. God's called you here. God wants to speak to you. God has, he has called his son and his son left heaven to come down so that you can have a conversation with an almighty holy God. If you don't feel loved, look at the cross. And, and, and as I look at Moses and if I look at his life and I look at what he's doing, he, I mean, he, he, he had such a, a, such a hard life. And you know, you get in, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow, but you get into that wilderness, you get in that life, and you're like, God, what are you doing? God had a plan. You're not just by, you're not here. You were not born. You were not created. By chance, God has a plan for your life, and he wants to have a relationship with you. I did not know that. Do you know, I did not know that God loved me. I did not love me. I certainly did not expect for a holy God to love me. And as as I began to study and to look at the life of Moses and look at what he'd done, he was a murderer. He was running running from his past. And when God called him, he said, I I can't. You know what? When Moses got, uh, when he saw those Egyptians hurting that Hebrew and he took care of the Egyptians, Moses thought he was a redeemer. But he was too much of himself. He was too prideful. 
So God says, I've got to get you prepared to be my redeemer. I'm going to redeem them, but I'm using you, Moses. So you need 40 years. And I'm thinking, Lord, I don't have another 40. (laughs) But I feel like I've had 72 years of preparing for what God has for me. And here's what God said. Moses, I want you. I've chosen you. Moses says, I can't do it. And God was like, now you're ready. Now you're ready. When you get to the place that you think that you're somebody, we're going to talk about this tomorrow, God's going to show you that you're nobody apart from him. But when you have him, you're somebody because you're a child of God. Tonight, what I really want us to talk about, that's just the beginning. I better look and see what time I got going on here. Is what it's like to go before a holy God. You know, you know, I've been waiting on a burning bush for many years. I was waiting on a miracle. I didn't want to hear from God. I just wanted to see what God would do. And I had to deal with that. And I don't know if you're here, if you know what I just said. Often, as believers, as children of God, as followers of God, followers of Jesus, we're wanting and we're waiting on God to do a miracle. And if we don't see any miracles, we don't believe he cares. If we don't see him work in our lives, we don't believe that he is concerned but he is. God wants to talk to you. Do you know what it cost God for you to enter into his presence? His son. And as, as I think about prayer, as I think, we, as I think about going in and bowing before a holy God, I, has, I didn't know anything about prayer. We didn't. I remember one time laying on the ground going, God, do you want to talk to me? I, I was like 12 or 13. I was looking up in the stars. I, if, if a star had moved, I'd have been scared half to death. I, I didn't know anything about God. I didn't think about him wanting to talk to me. And when I became a follower of Jesus and people would talk about prayer, I thought, oh, I love this. Because you know what they tell me? Well, you just ask and you shall receive. And I'm like, now this is what I am talking about. Now I can do all kinds about asking. And you know, I found out, you know, there's, there's part of reality and there's a part of theology. And when your theology doesn't match with your reality, something's got to change. And what I found is that they were been telling me, people that were telling me, and just because you're on stage, by the way, doesn't mean that you know what you're talking about. But I, had, I would go to church, and I would hear pastors say that if you are going through a hard time, you're living in sin. If you are, I don't know how they dealt with the disciples about that, but how they could fix their theology, that, but I didn't know any better. 
And, and, and what I found and what I've learned and what I started to believe was that God, I would give him so many suggestions on what he could do. You know, I had a plan for him. I didn't know he had a plan for me. I had a plan for him. And every time I would get down on my knees, or even if I didn't, I really, if I really got down on my knees, I was really spiritual. I was really you know, hurting at that point in my life. But when I would pray and I would ask God for something and he didn't do it, I came up with the idea and the feeling that God just didn't care. That, that God just did not, wasn't listening. I didn't know how good I could be good enough to get God to do what I wanted him to do. Do you know what I'm talking about here? Have you ever tried to convince God of anything? Have you ever begged God, and I want you to, the groaning and the crying out of God to God is something we should do. And, and, he, and when we look tonight, we're going to look at this, is how important the lament, lamenting. And, and when we begin to, to, to really cry out to God, it's not because we don't have faith. It's because we have faith. And so when you, because if you're crying out for God, you are asking God to show you who he is. You need him. And when you begin to want to need him, and when you begin to know that you need him, God steps in. He hears you. He loves you. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. And we, as a church, ladies, listen to me. We, have, we don't need any more programs. We don't need any more production. We don't even need any more Bible studies. I write them. We don't need any. We got so many. I'm, we don't even do what we know to do now. What we need, ladies, church, listen to me. We need to fall on our knees. We need to cry out to God. We need to call upon the name of God and say, God, you are my God. God, I'm wanting a miracle. And if you want to give me one, I'm all for it. But God, I want you more than I want the miracle. And as, and as I began to look and as I began to, to study, Moses, was he turned to God and God said, you're listening to me. We've got to turn. We've got to turn our hearts. We've got to, to look to God. We're looking at everything else. We're looking. We're listening to everything else, everybody else. They're trying to tell you what makes you beautiful. They're trying to tell you where your self-worth is. They're trying to tell you that you're valuable if you have these things or you look a certain way, if you can do things, if you can get all your to-do list. They're telling you that if you're not married, that something's wrong with you. They're telling you if you can't have a child, God's not blessing you. That is not of God. That is wrong. God has a plan for your life. And we have to get down on our knees and we have to say, God, I'm here. I'm here. You've got my attention. I will take off anything. This is one, if you want to know how to hear from God, this one of it. You want to take off anything that will keep you from hearing God. And it may be, it may be past. 
It may be shame. It may be guilt. It may be, I don't believe that God cares. I don't know what's going on in your life. I know that we have had prayer requests. I know that that they've come in. I know that y'all have asked us to pray, and we have. We have. And let me tell you something. Nothing gets under my skin than for somebody telling me they pray for me, and they don't. And I don't want to do that to anyone else. But I just would, I'd glance over your names, but I wouldn't read all the details. You know why? Because I didn't want to preach to you. I didn't want to know what's really going on in your life so that I would arrange this conversation toward you. I wanted God to. But I would pray for you. And I'm asking God to open your heart and for you to be willing to listen for you to say, God, I'm here. God, I want, I want you to talk to me. God, I want to know that you care. And, you know, he's asking all kinds. Moses just talked to God all the time. One time, Moses said to God, God said, you, Moses, step aside. I'm about to kill these people. And Moses said, God, you can't do that. You can't do that. That those people are going to think you just brought all these people out of Egypt to kill them. God, that doesn't make you look good. God, you can't do that. Now, that's a personal relationship. That's an intimate relationship. Moses got over his shame and his guilt. He began to, to enter into a conversation, an a intimate relationship by communicating Prayer, lamentations, all of Psalms is all these lamentations crying out to God. When is the last time you've cried out to God to be honest? Listen, let's stop playing church. I, I was, I'm just going to be honest, as if I was going to lie anyway. Um, that's not a good speaker. I don't care who you are. Um, but here, here's them. I got on my knees just the other day. And I said, God, I'm not going to say what the church words. I'm not trying to be religious here. I'm not trying to be religious. I'm not going to say all the, you know, we have our language. You know what I'm talking about. God, I just want to praise you. I want to thank you. You know, and I think you should, and I do praise him, and I do want to thank him. But I got on my knees, and I'm like, God, I need you. I need you. And I need to know that you care. And I need to know that you know what's going on in this heart. And I cried out to him. Now, my sweet little Christine that prays for us, she said, do you cry all the time? I'm going to tell you something. I don't cry at all. I'm the worst person. You can tell me a story, and I feel so bad that I'm not crying over it. I almost felt callous. And, and, my, and Kara was standing next to him. She, no, she's not a crier. Nope, she's not crying. But you know what? When it gets with me and God, when the Holy Spirit starts working, I can't help it. I'm passionate about my God because I know that I wasn't a murderer, but I know how to live in shame. I know what God has rescued me from. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
And I know that he's called me to himself. And I know he loves me. I have no clue what that God is doing in my life. I don't know what he's doing. But I know one thing. I need to tell him. I need to tell him how I feel. I need to let him know that, God, I'm going to trust you. But right now, I'm having a hard time. Because right now, I feel like you're not listening. Do you know, just because you don't see God working, that means he's not. Just because you don't feel that he cares, doesn't mean he doesn't. When we get to the place where we can be honest with God and with ourselves, we begin to walk in freedom. Moses, I think, took 40 years, the first 40 years in the wilderness to learn a lot about himself. God humbled him. And then the last 40 years, he learned a lot about himself and he learned a lot about God. And, 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 and I want to just share with you that what I want you to do and what I, my prayer for you tonight and this weekend is for you to be honest with God. And you will be honest with yourself. A stop pretending. And let's be real before God. You know, I said this one time. I don't know if you have to go through the change before you start feeling this way or not. But <laughs> you get to a certain point, you just don't care what they think. My sweet mother-in-law, she, she lived to be 98 years old, and she was about 85, almost 90. She said, Doris, that was what my mother called me. Everybody else calls me Doc. Um, but my mother-in-law called me uh, Doris. That's my, really why I was born, my name. She said, Doris, she said, I was, um, no, she's like 89, 90, almost. Mother-in-law, sweet little lady, about this big. And she says, I was watching Dr. Phil. <laughs> and she says, I've decided, I'm going to start telling people what I think. Now, she's my mother-in-law. If it had been my mother, I'd have said, don't. <laughs> but inside, I'm thinking, Jesus, if you've gone 90 years, just be quiet. <laughs> and, and you know, as I've looked back and reflected over that conversation many, many times, I began to hurt that for 90 years, she didn't know how to be honest with herself, with her family. Now, don't go telling everybody, like, does that look good on you? No, it doesn't. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this, is that if we are going to enjoy our relationship with God, and if we are going to know Him like He wants us to know Him, We've got to be honest with ourselves, and we have to be honest with him. Do you think God is up there thinking, well, sugar, I had no idea you felt that way. Now, I didn't know that my mother-in-law felt that way, but that's 
beside the point. I, but when I get before God, it's not that I'm really telling God something he doesn't know, but I need to tell God. And when I'm down on my knees and when I'm crying out to God, I am sometimes shocked at what I'm telling him. And that's when you begin to know that you are entered into this moment of a special, intimate relationship that I can tell God how I feel and he's going to love me anyway. Because he knew it before I ever said it. Moses ran away. And when God said, Moses, Moses, I want to use you, he's like, no, you can't. Don't you think in the back of his mind, he was thinking, look what I've done. I'm nobody. Now I'm just a shepherd. I'm not even taking care of my own sheep. And God said, we're going to work on this, Moses. It's about me. And what you need to know, Moses, is that I am the I am. I'm all that you need. What do you need, Moses? I am. What do you want, Moses? I am. I'm all that you need. And when I think about prayer, and as you begin this weekend, and you begin your covenant of silence, being able to just pour your heart out, to be able to, to cry out to God, to be honest and say, God, I'm, I'm not happy with you right now. Or God, I am happy. I don't know where you are in your life. But one of the things that I know is that to lament, to, to pour your heart out to God means this. It is every human being has the same opening story. Life begins with tears. It's simply a part of what it means to be human. To cry is human. To lament is different. The practice of lament is honest and redemptive. It's not as natural for us because every lament is a prayer, a statement of faith. Lament is the honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promises of God's goodness. I want you to know, to cry, the gift of tears, to cry is human. Hannah bargained with God. Jacob wrestled with God. Moses cried out to God. Mary and Martha questioned God. Remember, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus surrendered to God. If you don't think that it is Christian to question God, to wrestle with God, look back at the people God used. And then you go to Gethsemane. And you look at Jesus and you think, Jesus cried out. My, he cried out. He goes, God, when, when we were talking about this redemption thing, you know, like was there a plan B? Did we talk about that, you know? Okay, I surrender. The hardest prayer you will ever pray will be your will be done. 
lamenting, crying out to God. Ladies, here's what I want you to do. I want to get. I want this weekend to be a special weekend for you. I, I don't want. It, this is why we don't have a conference. This is why we don't just sit around and do everything like. I want you to get along with God because let me tell you something. I want you to know everybody and get to know people and enjoy. I. I just. They make me stay away from y'all sometimes. And I'm like, I want to go talk to those women. I'm like, Mom, you, you're going to talk all weekend and you're going to lose your voice. I'm like, I want to talk to those women. But you know what? As much as y'all are the cutest things I've ever seen, and, I, and, and I'm sure I'd love you and you love me and all that kind of stuff, and you'd want to do whatever you could for me, you can't change my life. You can't change my circumstances. I can't change my life. I can't change my circumstances. God can and so what I want you to do is we begin to, to uh, have the covenant of silence. When we begin to, to get along with God, I want to encourage you to be honest. And, and you know, it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes some of you have been so scared to cry because you think if I start crying, I won't stop. Just don't wear your mascara. It's okay. We don't care. But listen, what we're going to talk about this weekend is really something is so dear to my heart. It's something that God has shown me that I cannot wait to tell you tomorrow. And you just got to sleep because you got to get up in the morning. I'm telling you, we got some traveling to go in this wilderness. But I cannot wait to share with you what God's taught me because I know that I'm not one of his favorites. I'm just one of his and what he wants me, and what he wants me to know, he wants you to know. And I, But before you can really listen and to hear what God has to say to you, you have to be honest. You have to be real. And if you don't like what he's doing, do you know, I was so mad at God. If you know my story, I had begged God to save my dad. He can cancer. And then I begged him. I'm like, God, look what all I'm doing for you. Look what. I'm like, I'm working in the youth department. I'm working with teenagers. Surely to goodness that gives me a couple points. (laughs) God, please heal my dad. When I went to pick up my dad from from his house, and I was bringing him to Atlanta for his treatment, he was in my front seat, and he looked back at his house, and I knew that he wanted to come back home. He was scared. He didn't like Atlanta. hated Atlanta. Didn't know why I lived in Atlanta. At the time, I didn't know why I lived in Atlanta. But anyway, uh, but, and, and, and I remember praying, God, if you'll just heal him, I want to bring him home. He wants to be home. And God said, yeah, he does. He really does. I'm going to take him home. And he did. And I know that he's up there praising Jesus. And I know that if I said, Dad, do you want to come back home? Don't do that. Don't do that to me. Because I am sitting at the presence of my God. Now, we're not there yet. And I'm closer to y'all than to that than y'all are. Well, I mean, I don't know that. We don't know that. But here's what I do know. Until I see him face to face, 
Jesus Christ loved me and he loves you to offer you the privilege to bow before a holy God and have a conversation with the one who loves you the most, who's died for you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and no one can take them away from me. I am his and he is mine. I pray he is yours and you are his. It is hard to be honest, but God's up to it. He can handle it. Matter of fact, I believe God is saying, I've been waiting on you to be real. I like real. Father, I just pray tonight um, that you will um, stir in their heart a desire to lay down all the pretense. Father, I don't know what's going on in, in their lives. I don't know what you've allowed. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where they are with you. This is, you know, Father, there have been times so often I'd run away from you, I'd run to you. And God, I know this, this journey of faith is just, it, it seems like up and down. But here's what I know, Father. I know that you put this message in my heart to tell these ladies this. That's all I know. I can't make them be honest and enter in painful, hard times. It's hard to go into those painful moments and cry. It's hard to be honest with you, God. You know, God, I know in my head, and I know that there's ladies here, and in their head, they know you love them. But they really don't know it in their heart. Father, will you just speak to them? You are a God who hears. You're a God that sees. You're a God that cares. And you are a God that knows. We do not know what you are doing and what you plan to do. But God, you do. And we are known by you. So Father, help us. Father, we as a church, we as the body of Christ, we as a follower of Jesus have got, Father, the world that we're living in, the things that you have allowed to happen, we have no hope until we fall down on our knees and ask you, Father, to step in. Step into our lives. 
step into our country. Oh God, we need you, oh Father. And until your people, until your children, until your daughters can be real and honest with you, we will never be able to enjoy you as you want us to. And we will never be able to walk in the freedom that only you can give us. Father, we're here. Said what I thought you wanted me to say, Father. Now you do in their lives what only you can do. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bye.